reality is that boys are basically, and use my term and others, hardwired for moving their bodies. They're not predisposed for read, 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 talk, 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 write, write, write. But what I do know is anytime there's a boy is introduced to, a, even in preschool settings, chances are the first teachers he will be exposed to are women. Women who can teach him wonderful things, but women who are hardwired for read, 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 talk, 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 write, write, write. And when he can't do that well, he becomes instantaneously flagged contact sports. Some of those programs are going by the wayside, so why does that leave a guy who really needs to move his body on a regular basis? If I can't keep my body still, chances are somebody's going to ask me to be evaluated by a physician and a good possibility that I might be diagnosed with something like type 1 ADD, that is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Hi, welcome to Body, Mind, and Child on NAEYC Radio with Ray Pika and Mark Ginsberg. Hi, Larry. Thanks so much for being with us today. Your work involves what you refer to as lost boys. Tell us what you mean by lost boys. What I've discovered as I've, over the last few years, been doing uh, research in the area of brain-based gender differences, boys and girls, and a number of presentations around that. As I've traveled across the country, I've seen a a substantial number of guys just sort of hanging out on street corners. It doesn't have to be a large city for this to happen. I see it in villages and hamlets everywhere across the country. And they don't seem to have anything to do with their lives. It's not that they're bad kids, and it's certainly not that they're always menacing or up to no good. Reality is that they do not have jobs. They're not really looking for any kind of jobs. They're not doing what we consider to be grown-up things. They're just hanging out maybe having a good time with each other, but certainly not being productive citizens. And I think that that tends to be something of the end result that I see happening because we have a fair number of these guys who are beginning to drop out of school. They drop out of school probably as soon as they're old enough to do so. But beyond that, they really have no career plans, no path whatsoever, and frankly, no guidance from anyone. They just seem to be lost, lost to the system, lost to themselves, lost to society. Larry, not only are these kids being lost to society, but the the number of children that are, as you've described, uh, may be lost, may even be growing. What evidence is there that the number of boys who are unmotivated and uh, underachieving is in fact growing? Mark, let's look at it this way. Reality is that boys out-enroll girls in every area of school all the way through high school. So it stands to reason that if there are more boys going into high school, there should be more boys graduating from high school. And that's simply not happening. In fact, the research is still out there. The latest diploma count really hasn't come in full force yet. But from all extrapolations, what I'm seeing is that probably about 80% of the dropout population remains boys to be certain, probably because they garner about 70 to 80% of the Ds and Fs. They also, by the way, happen to be about 80% of the discipline problems that are referred to an office year after year after year, 80% of the children diagnosed with behavior disorders year after year after year. So I'm seeing this 80% tends to be kind of a telling percentage for boys. Outside of high school, we're finding these guys, as I mentioned already, they're either dropping out or they're not opting to go on to higher ed of of any kind. In fact, last year, Only 42% of the college population happened to be boys. Uh, When I was sharing this information with the Department of Ed in New York City, what they were saying to me is of all of the colleges that comprise the uh, colleges and university system and the boroughs that comprise New York City, only 22% of the enrollees there are boys and 78% are girls. And of course, this is beginning to have some economic consequences. And so the evidence is mounting. And it's not only mounting in this country. 
but it tends to be a problem that we see globally. It's not just peculiar to the United States, but it, it's certainly a trend we're seeing everywhere. Larry, you referenced differences in the brains of boys and girls. I wonder if you're familiar with the new book by neuroscientist Lise Elliott that argues there are almost no differences at birth, uh, that the small differences that exist at birth are amplified over time as parents, teachers, and the culture at large enforce gender stereotypes. Do you think that she might be right? Is it possible that the way in which we treat boys explains this 80% that you're talking about? I hear that argument periodically from time to time, and I think there's some merit to what he's saying, how boys and girls tend to be nurtured. But, you know, what I know about the brain is that it's a wonderful instrument. It certainly is capable of that plasticity that we, we read so much about. But if you look at the works of people like Daniel Amen, for instance, who've been is a neuroscientist, uh, psychiatrist out in California, or even Luanne Brizendine, whose uh, book in 2006, The Female Brain, tends to indicate that while over 99% of our genetic makeup is alike, male and female, less than 1% tends to be hardwired and does not yield to plasticity. That is to say, you're either a boy or you're a girl. And there are certain characteristics, generally speaking, in development that, that we will expect because we're looking at a boy or we're looking at a girl. And again, that tends to, by all evidence, in fact, even some latest evidence that I've seen in Scientific American Mind that says that probably these differences are hardwired uh, as early as eight weeks into fetal development. So I don't think that part is going to go away. Now, certainly going forward, we realize that as boys and girls are nurtured in the culture of which they're part, that maleness or femaleness may take on a certain expression. But at the same time, it tends to preset some of the issues that we tend to deal with in educational environments. In your work, Larry, you cite a number of factors. I think there are five uh, that are behind this trend toward boys being less resilient and less engaged and less ambitious than boys were, say, 20 years ago. One of the factors you talk about is the factor of education and the changes in the educational systems. Tell us a little bit, if you can, about how these changes have impacted boys in particular. Well, let's just say this, that even though society may have changed and some of our expectations around education and society have changed, the evolution of the brain certainly hasn't changed and kept a pace with those changes at this point. Now, the reality is that boys are basically, and to use my term and others, hardwired for moving their bodies. They're not predisposed for read, 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 talk, 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 write, write, write. But what I do know is anytime there's a boy is introduced to, a, even in preschool settings, chances are the first teachers he will be exposed to are women. Women who can teach him wonderful things, but women who are hardwired for read, 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 talk, 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 write, write, write. And when he can't do that well, he becomes instantaneously flagged. Now, you can take a look at the brain scans of a five-year-old boy, and succinctly stated, in comparison, you take a look at the language areas of that five-year-old boy, look at that brain scan, where the activity is in both the receptive and expressive language areas. And if you compare it to a girl, you're going to be looking at about a three-and-a-half-year-old girl brain scan, hard fast evidence. So what we realize is that a boy is probably a year to a year-and-a-half behind girls in language skills going forward. So in a shift of boys having to come to terms with language very early on when they may not be predisposed to do so, I think is one of the changes 
teenagers, that simply does not support brain development in a way that a boy would prefer. Second of all, I think it's important to realize that boys are also hardwired to move their bodies. In fact, most of their reactions are going to move from their emotional reaction will move from the limbic section of their brain down to their brainstem where all action takes place and they will react sometime without even thinking. Back in the evolution of society, there was a time when everything that a boy needed to know He was able to experience in something of an apprenticeship that would allow him to move his body and be active while learning what he needed to do and how to do it and why he did what he did. All of the classrooms that I've visited recently, specifically public school classes, seem to indicate that it's a matter of fixing the seat of your pants, a chair, and being able to do things on an ongoing basis that boys have a tendency not to be naturally predisposed to do. And it might be interesting to note now that something like 30 states, I think, have an active set of regulations in their child care licensing systems that require that there be a minimum of vigorous physical activity during the day and uh, as you were sharing, about 60 minutes a day. And I think one of those things that you're suggesting, and I think you're right, is the inference that I often hear that uh, this doesn't take place. And even when it does take place, the knowledge that early childhood educators have developmentally appropriate vigorous physical activity for our young children is pretty variable around the country. And and that's also maybe another area to think about. Thoughts that you might have, Larry, about this? Absolutely. And I ran into John Rady from um, uh, Harvard recently. I met him uh, when I was doing some study this summer at the Green Institute. Wrote a book entitled Spark that recently hit the newsstand. Dr. Rady basically indicates that the absence of that kind of activity, outside activity, that outside environmentalist, uh, naturalist intelligence certainly is important to every child. And if that's truncated, it can have significant impact on brain development going forward because it has profound implications. It will indeed. Well, we're running short on time, so uh, those who want to know what the other four factors are behind this trend will have to attend your presentation. We need to talk about remedies. What do you recommend? What role can the early childhood professional play in making a difference? A couple things that I think are very practical in nature. One is that we have to continue to get back to that basics of providing intentional play-based experiences for children in early childhood environments. Far too often what I see is the push for school readiness. Teachers have to feel very comfortable reclaiming that play-based territory for themselves. While it might be nice for girls who have a tendency to tolerate that sit-down time a little more, it is imperative for boys to be able to do that. I think that making sure that we are Uh, paying attention to the fact that boys and girls alike need to spend time out in those play-based environments outside, as we referenced a few moments ago, another thing that we can do. And I think all of this needs to be communicated back to parents and help them to understand. Thanks very much, Larry. And thanks to Larry Griffin of the Kaplan Early Learning Company. Larry will be presenting a featured session at the NAEYC Annual Conference and Exhibition on Saturday, November 21st in Washington, D.C., the meeting taking place at the Washington Convention Center And the title of Larry's talk, Lost Boys and Their Failure to Launch, Why the Number of Children, or Why the Number of Boys, that is, Who Are Unmotivated and Underachieving, is Growing. Thanks again to Larry Griffin. Thank you, Larry. You certainly uh, gave me some meat for my presentation, which is called In Defense of Active Learning. (laughs) Thank you for being with us on NAEYC Radio, Body, Mind, and Child. I'm Mark Ginsberg. And I'm Ray Pika. This program is produced by Jack Street Media as part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.